Stat Media Group, delivering logistics news since 1986. Hello everyone, I am Reggie John and this is Logistic Tech Dialogues presented by Kale Logistics Solutions. This is our weekly dialogue on innovations and technologies that make logistics move faster and deliver better. Logistic Tech Dialogues is brought to you in partnership with Gale Logistics Solutions, a trusted global logistics IT solutions provider for several Fortune 500 companies worldwide. Philadelphia International Airport is located right in the middle of the U.S. political capital Washington D.C. in the south and the financial capital New York in the north. This important airport in the east coast of the U.S. did very little to develop cargo business initially and a lot of growth happened by accident. But things began to change in the recent years. From 2019, the airport has handled over 600,000 tons of cargo annually. For the year 2021, the annual cargo throughput of the airport was 643,000 tons of cargo. A 2017 study found that the airport captures only 9% of a potential $53 billion air cargo opportunity passing through its catchment area. Philadelphia International Airport wants to make a change. It aims to become a preferred air cargo hub in the east coast of the US. It has set short, mid and long-term vision to create cargo facilities that attract shippers and forwarders. It has a $1.2 billion cargo expansion program announced last year. It is anchoring an air cargo community system to integrate various stakeholders at the airport using digital, easy to use and secure tools to transform cargo operations, to meet the growing demands of customers and to match the expectations of the global trade and commerce in the digital era. My guest today is Jim Tyrell, Chief Revenue Officer of Philadelphia International Airport. As the Chief Revenue Officer of the Philadelphia International Airport, Jim is responsible for business and real estate related functions, including the development, purchase, sale, use and lease of all airport properties and facilities. He oversees air service development, food, beverage and retail concessions, rental cars and other business development activities including wireless internet access, airport advertising contracts and all airline agreements. Jim has been with the Philadelphia International Airport for over 35 years and I am extremely honored to have him join us in this conversation. Jim, good morning and great to have you. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Jim, let's begin with looking at the cargo performance of uh, PHL Airport in 2021 and in the first half of 2022. What are some of the key highlights? As you might imagine, it, 2020 and 2021 were probably the worst years ever for passenger handling at most U.S. airports. But on the flip side of that, cargo volumes were never higher. Philadelphia sustained pretty significant growth in 2019. And then when the pandemic hit, passenger service dropped off, but cargo volumes continued to increase. And we saw a 2.6% increase in 2020 over 2019, and then a 3.2% increase in 2021 over 2020. So as you can see, the trend line continued to, to go upwards. And that trend had been pretty consistent for the past 10 years. 
Cargo continued to grow over in Philadelphia over the last decade. But again, we saw a pretty significant growth during the pandemic. As a matter of fact, in 2022, we saw 2021, we saw 643,000 tons of cargo. And while there has been a global decrease in that trend over the past several months, Philadelphia still expects to exceed 600,000 tons in 2022. Give us an overview of the cargo airlines that are operating to PHL and do we expect to have more new scheduled freighter operations to PHL and additional frequencies uh, from existing cargo partners uh, in this year or the next yeah, so I'll give you that United Parcel Service has a hub in Philadelphia. It's their, it's their transatlantic gateway. And a little known fact is that the, U, the United Parcel facility in Philadelphia is the second largest in their entire system, just behind Louisville. So it is a significant operation. They do in excess of 23 daily freighters a day. So it's a pretty big operation. And then um, we also have a pretty significant presence with uh, FedEx and DHL, um, nowhere near the United Parcel Hub. But on the integrator side, Philadelphia has pretty great lift. And then when you combine that with the American Airlines Hub, who this year will fly 11 to 11 European destinations, along with Lufthansa, Aer Lingus, and Qatar, um, flying all belly cargo. Philadelphia has a pretty diverse um, operation, but go further to say that, and, and I'm a little embarrassed to say that Philadelphia's cargo operation has really been by accident. Um, so back in the mid 80s, United Parcel made the decision to build the facility here. And then with the American Airlines hub, transatlantic hub here, um, all of their cargo has really come to Philadelphia without any kind of active marketing or solicitation. And, and oh, by the way, I think our cargo operation could have grown significantly beyond where it is today, but we just didn't have any facilities or any opportunities to expand our capacity. So yeah, I, th I think um, that's, that's how our cargo program developed. Give us a sense of the revenue contribution from the cargo division to the overall annual airport revenue and how significant is cargo to the revenue diversification strategy of any airport for that matter. So Philadelphia only receives about 5% of its total air, total revenue from its cargo operations. And again, the only source of that revenue that the airport receives is landing fees from those aircraft. So if you think about it, we have 23, 27, maybe 30 flights a day dedicated to cargo, while we have over 350 flights a day um, in total. So, you know, 10% of activity, 5% of revenue coming from our cargo operation. But again, we are looking to, uh, and, and the big thing about diversification is most of our passenger activity takes place during the hours of like 6 a.m. to 8 p.m., while most of our cargo activity takes place outside of those hours. So we have this huge infrastructure that goes essentially unused during third of the day. Um, if we can increase our cargo activity, especially that activity that will take place during the time that passenger airlines are not flying, it just goes to maximize the utilization of that 
wildly expensive infrastructure that the airport has essentially being unused during those evening hours. So it, it just makes sense for airports to pursue that kind of activity. I looked at the volume of cargo handled from 2019, 2020 and 2021. It's been always uh, about 600,000 uh, tons of cargo. 2021 is about 643,000 tons of cargo. What do you think? Uh, do you reach uh, 700,000 by the end of 2022? Any chance? Um, that's a good question. Um, so our cargo redevelopment program that will enable us to increase the volume of cargo activity is currently in its design stage right now. So the timing of that may not impact volumes over the next year. It might be a little bit outside of that, but we also have early phase development plans that will enable us to increase our cargo throughput. Yeah, so the, my next question is about, uh, you did make a mention about for Philadelphia cargo came in as an accident, uh, but it's really great to see that you have three biggest integrators operating out of your, uh, out of your airport. And uh, we may call it blessing in disguise, uh, but COVID came as a, as a kind of great revelation to a lot of airlines and airports to see a new source of revenue from cargo. Tell us your current cargo handling facilities at the airport. You have just under half a million square feet of warehouse. Is that right? That's correct. And unfortunately, the majority of that warehouse isn't necessarily used for cargo throughput. I mean, again, we are a huge passenger hub and a lot of the warehouse space is used to support passenger activity. And that actually led us to um, develop the phases of our cargo redevelopment program. So we have about just under right around a half a million square feet of warehouse space. When you put that in perspective, like the New York airports have 4 million square feet, Miami, huge, these huge cargo logistics centers. Um, we just didn't have the facilities to increase our throughput. So as part of our cargo redevelopment program, we came up with kind of a, a three-phased program. We have a a short-term and mid-term and long-term goals that will enable us to increase our cargo throughput. The first, the short-term phase of our program is we entered into an arrangement with a company called AFCO, uh, AFCO. They're a cargo development company in the U.S. And so what we did was we leased one of our older cargo facilities to AFCO. This facility is not really, <clears throat> it's an 80,000 square foot warehouse, but only a small portion of it is used for cargo throughput. The rest of it is used for passenger airline support activities. They need direct airside access, but not necessarily in a cargo building, right? So part of AFCO's agreement <clears throat> is to come in, build temporary facilities on the other side of the airport in what used to be uh, facility uh, at an airport parking lot, but it has direct airfield access. So we closed the parking lot during the pandemic. It's 60 acres. We have since reopened a small portion of it, but the majority of it is going to be used for AFCO to come in and build different facilities to accommodate all of these airline functions that are not cargo related. We're going to relocate those tenants from the cargo building to these other facilities because this cargo building has four wide body parking positions right in front of it that aren't used today, right? So AFCO is gonna be leasing these facilities to ground handlers and other users um, once the, the relocation takes place and maximizing the use of these, air, these very valuable aircraft parking positions. 
So short-term should be implemented within the next 12 to 16 months that will enable us to then begin to see additional cargo throughput coming through Philadelphia. The midterm or the, the second phase of our cargo redevelopment program includes a, about a 20 acre site that used to be an airmail facility that has been vacant for several years. We demolished the airmail facility. Uh, three years ago, we began the design and construction of aircraft parking ramp right there. That construction, that ramp construction will be completed next month, which will then enable us to develop up to about 150,000 square foot, brand new state-of-the-art cargo handling facility with six wide body parking positions associated with it. That's our midterm plan. And, and by the way, we are talking to companies right now. We have an LOI with the company to come in and build the facility. Um, design should be starting very soon. Um, it's about a two and a half year design and construction process. So we have the short term plan, 12 to 16 months, the longer term plan, which is about two and a half years. Again, that combined will give us oh, about 200, 250,000 square feet of brand new warehouse facilities to operate from and 10 wide body park positions. And then the longer term plan is real estate that the airport acquired in 2017. It required a couple of enabling projects in order for us to develop that parcel. Those enabling projects included a wetlands mitigation program, where we are redeveloping wetlands on another parcel that happens to be owned by the city of Philadelphia. It's a 35-acre development, and that 35-acre wetlands mitigation program will enable us to develop the entire 135-acre parcel that we acquired. The second enabling project is the relocation of a roadway, which basically bifurcated this 135-acre parcel from the airport. So again, design is completed, construction contracts have been let. The construction of the new roadway around the perimeter of the new parcel has begun. That's about an 18-month project. So we think within the next two years, when that project is done, that will then enable us to begin to design and construct new cargo facilities on that 135-acre parcel. Preliminary conceptual designs show that we can develop up to about a million square feet of brand new warehouse space, along with about two dozen additional wide-body aircraft parking positions to support um, that development, as well as the additional ancillary support facilities necessary for a cargo development program of that size. So we have the short, the mid, and the long-term goals pretty much thought out um, to increase the ability for us to then drive cargo capacity through this airport. Jim, besides the APCO for your long-term uh, cargo goal purposes, uh, have you given the concession already to some of the global handling companies or are they in process of being, being uh, the tender being given? We have. We've talked to a number of companies. We have a letter of intent to develop the 150,000 square foot facility. Now we're in the process of finalizing the details, and that will be for the development of a facility for a major ground handling company to occupy the majority of that building, as well as another tenant to occupy a smaller portion of that as a user operator. We are working with a number of different entities 
global entities um, with respect to developing the larger parcel. In fact, um, as we were saying earlier, I will be going to Athens in two weeks um, to begin discussions with a number of those um, stakeholders that we've already been engaged with. And we will also be following up with discussions in Miami at other Parco symposiums to further those discussions. But we are very much engaged right now with a number of, of potential partners around the world. Jim, in 2021, uh, the airport announced the, the biggest cargo expansion plan amounting to $1.2 billion in investment. Uh, did the COVID uh, pandemic really fast-track that decision to make this, that announcement? Yes and no. So to be honest, the airport acquired the 135-acre parcel in 2017. We had been working on it for a while before that. When I say we really, our cargo program is an accident, it's really a function of not having any potential facilities to accommodate additional capacity, right? So in 2017, we acquired this real estate. We had a really good idea that we were in a cargo-rich environment, but we didn't know how good. So we commissioned a study to be done by a company in 2017. And to our surprise, they came back with the results and it showed that $53 billion worth of air cargo commodities were being shipped or received within our catchment area every year. $53 billion, that's a pretty significant amount. And that's within a four hour ride of Philadelphia. We only captured 9% of that. Big numbers, right? 70% is coming within 400 feet of Philadelphia International Airport and going north to the New York airports. I mean, that's amazing, right? It's, it's a two and a half hour truck ride, plus who knows how long of a processing time at airports that are really congested. Well, think about it. If we could capture 20% of that leakage, just think of the benefit, not only to the airport, but I'm thinking of those regional manufacturers and those regional businesses. We'll save them millions of dollars in shipping and processing times. Think about, about how beneficial that would be to our region. And that's, that's only 20%. That's a really small number, right? Um, the only reason we're not handling that today is because we can't accommodate. It. We don't have the facilities. It's like that movie, Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. And we honestly think that that's absolutely the, the case. And um, we've done, we've put in a number of processes in place. We developed an air cargo community, Philadelphia air cargo community, about no, two and a half, three years ago now, where we've invited between 50 and 60 of our stakeholder partners to join us in bi-monthly discussions because we want to be a better partner to our cargo community. We know how important this is, not only to the airport, but to the, the region. So we meet bi-monthly, we accept input, we have great discussions about how we can better improve and make Philadelphia more a, a more efficient logistics center. We have our federal partners, um, Homeland Security, CBP, all of our customs agents are part of our, our Philadelphia airport cargo community, as well as the shippers and receivers of the product. So we know how important cargo is. 
the pandemic only then solidified and really justified that activity. Got for, for the first time in over 50 years, American Airlines flew an all cargo flight into Philadelphia because they couldn't fly passengers and they had all these wide body aircraft sitting around doing nothing. So um, it really confirmed our suspicions about Philadelphia's um, future for cargo. You know, as you have plans already ready for the short, mid and long term, and as you plan to realize those facilities uh, uh, over the next few years, uh, what will be some of your top priority cargo commodities when it comes to building those facilities and infrastructure for the future under the new cargo expansion plan to handle more volume of cargo? Are they going to be pharma, basically facilities that would handle pharma, perishables, e-commerce? You probably know that Philadelphia is a big life sciences center. Philadelphia's pharma community is, is enormous. But the other thing that a lot of people don't realize is that the airport is surrounded by other major logistics partners. We have the Philadelphia port, we have, which again, just announced its first container ship from China. It was docked last week. Big announcement um, that that opens up a, a tremendous opportunity for the area. But we also have the Navy Yard. The Navy Yard is a is a huge redevelopment of the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard to create a life sciences center that is directly across the river from Philadelphia. It is a two minute drive, and it's an enormous opportunity. But even then. Within two miles of Philadelphia International Airport, you have the development that is being undertaken by Hilco Redevelopment Partners. It's a 1,300-acre redevelopment of what used to be a refinery. So not only is it a tremendous sustainable program, it's also a tremendous opportunity to help support the logistics operations at the airport because we are a real estate-contrained facility. We don't have the luxury of being able to create or develop, you know, these 500,000 square feet facilities to accommodate the movement of goods through aircraft. Pilco does. And again, all three of these stakeholders are within two miles of the airport. So one of the goals of Philadelphia International Airport is to help solidify Philadelphia as being this logistics center state-of-the-art, first-class logistics center on the East Coast because of all of these opportunities that are that are really just within a stone's throw of each other, right? It's a tremendous... And then you have the universities. You have University City Center, which is, oh my God, it, it's developing life science opportunities every day. You hear about a new investment by gene therapy companies and all of these commodities that are high value, time sensitive. And what does that mean? That means they require air transport. By the way, American Airlines handles a lot of pharma. They have the only cold storage facility on the airport right now. It's relatively small, only 25,000 square feet, but it is specifically designed to handle, handle that um, environmentally sensitive pharma commodity. Uh, the airport's also talking to a company right now to develop 
a pretty significant cold storage facility, not right on the airfield, but across from the airfield in an effort to not only help support our airport transportation needs, but also that of the Philadelphia port, the Navy Yard, and Hilco. So we think um, this is not just a Philadelphia International Airport program, but it's a program that's going to just go to really solidify Philadelphia as being the logistics center of choice on the East Coast of the United States. Jim, if I were to ask you, who do you compete on the East Coast as far as the airports are concerned on the cargo side? Is it uh, JFK or, or anyone else? You think about it, it's, it's kind of the same as passenger activity. I mean, Philadelphia is situated between the financial capital of the world, which is New York, political, political capital of the world, which is Washington. Philadelphia is perfectly centered in the middle of both of those two scenarios. And But when you talk about cargo, shippers are willing to drive anywhere between four and 12 hours to deliver a product if they get the value in return. Today, those shippers are driving right past Philadelphia International up to New York and down to the other cargo airports because they're getting that value. They get that efficiency of having that airlift at the airport. And that's quite frankly what Philadelphia has to has to do. We have to compete with that airlift and and create the facilities necessary to handle that increased capacity. And, and by the way, all of those other airport facilities are old, they're antiquated. We have a greenfield site. So within the next few years, Philadelphia is going to have those facilities. We're going to have that efficiency because not only are we investing in facilities, we're also investing in technology. I mean, I'm not the technological person at the airport. I'm the business person, but I get it. I know technology means efficiency. Um, a year ago, we went out for a solicitation for an air cargo community system, and we hired a firm named Calais. Calais is putting together the digital platform that will then provide that efficiency for all of the shippers in Philadelphia creating that digital platform, that one window that connects all of the stakeholders involved in logistics in Philadelphia together. So it's not just going to be state-of-the-art facilities. It's going to be you know brand new technology. To the best of my knowledge, there are only three airports in the U.S. today that have an ACCS or an airport cargo community system that provide for uh, this type of efficiency in, in logistics handling. I'm sure in uh, in the next couple of years, I think things will substantially change with the kind of investment announced and the plans already underway at Philadelphia. And uh, I'm aware of, well aware of uh, Kali's uh, air cargo community system. I've been talking to Atlanta, uh, Miami, and the other, other airports. Um, and you did make a mention about the technology. Uh, and my next question is, uh, what role do you think technology is playing to increase the airport's uh, cargo competitiveness? And uh, what are some of the specific initiatives of the PHL in the digital transformation front? So again, as I told you before, I'm not the techie person. However, I do, though, I do know that technology breeds efficiency. Part of the biggest comments we hear from our stakeholder community is efficiency, processing time, uh, 
and transparency with the federal agencies that are so crucial to the efficient movement of goods and services through an airport. We know that's the key. It's not, not just technology though, but also sustainability, right? That's playing a huge role in everything that airports do these days. And everything we're hearing, everything we've heard during the previous two years made us move forward and hire Calais to help us create that digital platform that will again help with, you know, not just the coordination with all of the federal, state, and local agencies that need to help process goods and services, but also the trucks, those those other transportation entities, the the coordination and the handoff um, between them. To, we don't have you know hundreds of acres of real estate to marshal trucks and have trucks come in and stage for ungodly amounts of time like other airports do right i mean i've talked to i've talked to companies that spend four and five hours with just sitting waiting to be um, accommodated at airports that's time time is money and our shippers won't or or, or just don't intend to allow that situation to occur so we need to be prepared to deal with it and i think we are Jim, I'm sure with the air cargo community system, there's going to be a lot of efficiencies being brought into the, the cargo community, which is basically anchored at the airport. And that's how it has been quite successful in Asia, in India, in Europe, and in, in the US. Uh, that's one part of it, which allows easy access and sharing of information related to the cargo operations. Uh, what are the other types of technology tools, both in terms of software and hardware, that you think of deploying to improve uh, cargo operations at the airport to help shippers in speed to market strategies, especially for e-commerce, express cargo, perishable and uh, pharma shipments. Uh, we have heard a number of uh, handling companies deploying automation, robotics, artificial intelligence to better process cargo, quicker turnaround at the cargo warehouses. Without a doubt. So it's... When you think about technology, you also have to think about energy and power because they really go hand in hand. So in order to create the kind of um, efficiencies that you're talking about, uh, we just had the uh, uh, AAAE Northeast Chapter Conference in Philadelphia a week or so ago. And one of the topics at that conference, which was really good and timely, was electrification and energy and sustainability. All of those things have to go hand in hand in order to allow for these efficiencies that the cargo community is desiring, right? We have employed a number of different companies advising us what best practices are. And it's fortunate for us that we have the time to be able to design and employ all of the things that are necessary to create that infrastructure that is absolutely necessary to provide for um, developing the efficiencies that um, that we're going to need to sustain this kind of cargo activity. And Jim, do you think technology applications could be deployed to address sustainability goals? Because sustainability is a, is a key topic of discussion 
all around, not just in aviation, air freight, but across the world. You know, the last six months has been, if there's any evidence that we need to really focus on sustainability, it's what has happened globally in, in the past several months, right? Philadelphia takes sustainability really seriously. And I'll give you a couple of highlights. So PHL is one of only 23 airports to achieve an airport carbon accreditation. Every new facility at our airport and every renovation is required to be LEED certified. We have a net zero carbon that we're going to reach by 2050. We're going to generate or purchase 100% renewable energy by 2030. And it's just amazing some of the things that our group is working on. So sustainability for Philadelphia is um, is something that that we take very seriously and will be a tremendous part and a big part of our redevelopment program. And Jim, my question is, uh, how strongly do you feel that the future of freight is digital? Because a lot of the freight logistic companies are technology companies today. So again, if we've learned anything from the pandemic, it's people, people's habits are changing. Do I think brick and mortar stores are going to go by the wayside? Probably not. But look at what e-commerce has done. Look at what, um, look at the buying patterns that, that have developed over the course of the past three years. It's amazing. My wife, for example, would never purchase anything online. She's one of them people that has to feel it, touch it, put it on. If you're talking about clothing, not today, today's. And, and the companies have also developed in such a way as they're making it easy for consumers to use technology to, to do everyday activities that, you know, two years ago, some people would have never considered. So I, I do think things are changing. I do think that cargo is development and it is going to increase tremendously. And, and oh, by the way, not only is it going to increase, but it's going to have to get quicker. You now have to deliver everything in a day or two. How do you get products from the biggest producers in the world to the U.S. in a day? So think about this. Half the population in the entire United States lives within a day's drive of Philadelphia International Airport. Half. We can be on the major interstate that reaches from the very southern tip of Florida to the very northern tip of Maine. It's right, it's within 400 feet of Philadelphia International Airport. Ingress and egress into this facility is so easy, it's so accessible. You can be in three or four states. You can be in four states from Philadelphia International Airport in a 15-minute car ride. I mean, we are truly centered in best region for air cargo um, that we could possibly. And that's what has led traditionally to people finding Philadelphia and saying, wow, let's go there because we can reach so many, so many other populations, much of the population from that location. Jim, you mentioned that you're not really the typical techie that we know about, but then today everyone uses the technology. Tell us about the new technologies that you are really passionate about and those that you think will help air cargo industry to deliver better, lower cost, and always be sustainable. I'm not that person. I can certainly get you the information, but 
again, everything I've heard to an, that, that I firmly believe in um, has been presented to us by Calais. It is the airport cargo community system that basically creates this digital platform that allows all of the stakeholders, all and I mean all of the stakeholders involved in the logistics operations um, to participate in and to communicate through and to coordinate with. Um, so I'm hoping and I'm confident that Calais will be able to take us into well into the future and create a, a platform for us that will then translate into efficiency for all of our stakeholders. Jim, uh, you have been with this airport for uh, just over 35 years. Practically, uh, that's your entire career was at this airport. Uh, what are some of your key observations about the growth of the cargo at this airport over the last 35 years? Uh, and what are your observations also about global air cargo, which became much more noticeable, grabbing headlines uh, during the pandemic? When I started at the airport in 1987, the UPS hub was in construction. So you go from the largest aircraft, which was then a Boeing 767, maybe, might have been the, the state of the art piece. It, and it still is the workhorse of, of the cargo industry. But some of, so what has developed within the air cargo community over the period of time that you're talking about is I think speed and cost, right? So you look at what has taken place in the maritime industry, where you have all of these huge container operators now looking to get into air shipping, American, and all of these big, what have traditionally been maritime shippers are now looking to combine that operation with air. And why is that? Well, I think it's because of the demand for speed and the value, right? The costs are, are kind of equaling out. Is it because of the number of aircraft available to operators who want to get into the business? Probably partially. I, I always tell the story. We were at an air cargo, an air service meeting with um members of Japan Airlines. We were, we were talking with Japan Airlines about establishing um, direct service to Philadelphia. It was five years ago. And we, we were at a dinner and we invited 40 of uh, Philadelphia's top business leaders to join us and just to show off the city and talk to, to the, the, the folks from Japan Airlines. And I was sitting next to a gentleman and I didn't know who he was at the time, but we got to talking and he was one of the biggest importers and exporters within the port of Philadelphia, and he specializes in fruit, and particularly from Peru. Well, we were talking, and he, he was telling me that within the next two weeks, he was flying 23 fully loaded 747s filled with Peruvian blueberries into Newark Airport. And I looked at him and I said, why in the world would you fly all of this stuff into Newark? when your facility is two miles from, from my airport. And he, he said, mm, just because that's where the shipper's always done it, that's where he's comfortable in doing it. Just on that one delivery, 
of the 23 fully loaded 747s of Peruvian flute. That's like 18 tractor trailer loads for, for plane. Think about how much money that shipper could have saved just on that one simple little operation, right? It's amazing. And it, it's, it's when I talk about by accident, that's by accident. Anyway, I, I'm sorry, I digress. But, but to me, that really opened my eyes, like saying, how many other situations are like that, right? And that's two miles from my facility where he's going two and a half hours, two hours out of his way taking into, just think about all the variables associated with that chain of custody, you know, truck operations, forget the time and money. Anyway. Yeah. Jim, uh, my last question is, where do you see PHL in five years from now in the air cargo map of uh, the U.S. airports? We have, because of our short and midterm goals and phases of our program, I believe Philadelphia will be well on its way to becoming the logistics center on the East Coast of the United States. I, I firmly believe that because of our geographic position, because of our focus on maintaining a reasonable cost structure, which is tremendously important. I mean, you can do a lot of things to create capacity, but you have to do it in such a way as to be viable and keep your costs in line. Because again, our friends in the logistics world are very focused on, on exactly that cost of operations. Um, so we want to be the premier best in class international cargo airport on the East Coast. And, and the other thing that this cargo operation, I believe, is going to do for us is to help us then also attract and develop air service to regions of the world that we currently don't serve. It's kind of like a mini JFK, right? We don't have sustained air service to Asia. We don't have sustained air service to South America. We don't serve Africa. Well, when you talk about cargo and you talk about specifically belly cargo to support passenger activities, which is where the world is going, I believe. We were at an air service conference um, last year and we were talking with a couple of airlines and it was really remarkable for me to notice that it was not only the network planners sitting at the table, it was also the business development guys. It was the cargo development operators from the airlines who were also there because if you can, so these 787 aircraft that the world is, that, that the airlines are all getting today, they're cargo machines. I think each one of those planes carry 20 tons of belly cargo. Well, you know how many seats that 20 tons of belly cargo would support? The majority of your economy class. Um, so it just, yeah, we're, we're really excited about, about some of the things that we see um, developing in such a way as to really play right into Philadelphia's game plan and, and help us again create that. Um, it, it goes hand in hand, the cargo airport with the increased passenger services, at least in my mind. Jim, it was such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Oh, it has been my pleasure, and I thank you. Yeah, we need to we need to get the word out about Philadelphia because, again, like I said, we're the best kept secret, especially globally. 
um, because we are positioned between that financial capital and political capital. So yeah, thanks for helping us get the word out about Philadelphia. That was Jim Tyrell, Chief Revenue Officer of Philadelphia International Airport. This is the last episode of the Logistic Tech Dialogue series for the moment. We like to thank Kale Logistics Solutions for being the presenting partner of the inaugural edition of this video interview series. We hope to come back soon with another season of this series with more accelerating conversations featuring leaders and companies making a tectonic shift in global supply chain orchestration. As for me, it has been a delight to host this interview series and a great learning experience talking to logistic leaders from around the world. Until we meet again, take care and keep well.